0: commitment, hard work, and perseverance. A recipe for success for those willing to put forth the effort. That's what we're talking about today. Hello and thank you for joining us today. My name is Joe White. and I'm the host of Supervisor Skills, Secrets of Success. The SOS podcast series is produced for the ongoing development of frontline managers. With each episode, we'll take on topics of interest and interview subject matter experts for the benefit of our listeners. In today's episode, we're going to talk about succeeding in today's workplace. From an individual perspective, what it takes to create opportunities for promotion and advancement. My guest today is Dave Clement, Managing Director of Procurement for all Cooper T. Smith operations. Dave lives in Daphne, Alabama has more than 45 years of industry experience, and is one of the most qualified candidates that I personally know of to speak on this topic. Welcome, Dave, and thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me.
0: Certainly. Dave, if you would, um, just take a moment, tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are, and uh, what you do at Cooper T. Smith. Well,
1: uh, I started with Cooper Stevedores long before Cooper T. Smith uh, back in 1975. I started out as a diesel mechanic, pulling wrenches, kind of worked my way up to where I'm at today. Uh, Within about three years, I was promoted to a supervisor. Uh, Then I was promoted to a manager. And lo and behold, about 10 years later, as luck would have it or good hard work would have it, I was promoted to vice president of maintenance and repairs. I guess about 10 years ago, I was asked by the owners of the company to relocate to Mobile here and work for one of their satellite companies and uh, so I elected to do so and um, did that up until about three years ago when they asked me to come to the corporate office and develop and manage our current uh, corporate procurement division. So I've been around a little while, done about everything there is to do in the industry and here I am today.
0: That's great. I, I noticed you said you were managing director of procurement for Cooper Operations. Just to put that in perspective, how many divisions does that include, and what sort of industries are you involved with?
1: Uh, there's, currently, there's uh, 14 satellite companies that uh, we have probably 17, 18 divisions, and that covers pretty much, uh, we're very diversified, Joe, and we do steer warehousing, Terminal operations, tugboats, pushboats, uh, barge fleetings, logistics. Uh, we really got really heavy into uh, the Timberland business. Okay. We do vessel repairs, and, and believe it or not, we even own restaurants. So we, <laughs> we are very diversified.
0: And let me add, you own some very good restaurants, my favorite being Bluegill, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, uh, my doctor tells me to stay out of them, but anyway... <laughs>
0: All right. You, your story is one that uh, I greatly admire, and, you know, I'm, I just want to ask you, you know, one of the questions I'm sure some of our listeners have is, how did you get to where you are? And, and I want to know a little bit about your career path. I know you touched on that early on, but anything that you can shed light on that might be a benefit to those that would be listening?
1: Well, you know, I've always uh, always believed it's very important to put 100% of effort in anything you know that I that I do, you know, so I I don't really settle for for uh, the good enough uh, perspective, even with people that work under me, you know, we we don't settle for good enough. We try to do one hundred percent in everything that we do, and and I've tried to do that throughout my forty six years of doing this, and um, I believe in being you know good, hard working, and loyalty to your company, and certainly being driven. I think that that's what makes. Uh, not only me but but other people stand out for their employer right
0: and and mentioning standing out you know I, I w- again, I would argue you have one of the most inspiring career paths that I know of and and again, your story is one of success. You started at cooper forty six years ago you started turning wrenches as a diesel mechanic and now you're 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 at the top of the food chain in procurement for the company with all those divisions. What made you stand out? You know, what was it that was different about you that got you recognized that really, uh, that you believe was, was significant in getting you to where you are? Well,
1: I, I think, uh, you know, I think being, uh, hardworking was probably the biggest, the biggest aspect and willing to go that extra mile when, 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 when you was asked to. Right. And, uh, I think that really made me stand out and, and wanting to, uh, Want to learn the business and wanting to to uh, better myself, and certainly, I think uh, that was you know the drive that I had was to uh, you know everybody works for the same reason. I think nobody nobody works because uh, it's a hobby, you know, right. uh, and they kind of work to take care of their family and themselves. and I think uh, being driven and and you know that that's what made me stand out all these years. Still does,
0: right? And you know, in the opening monologue, you know, I, I, there are a couple terms I've used. I said commitment, hard work, and that last one, perseverance. You know, staying the course. I mean, forty-six years. You know, that's perseverance. And and today, that's almost foreign. I mean, even for folks my age, and I'm I'm mid fifties, even folks my age, you don't see a lot of people that have been with companies that long. So that perseverance is a big, big part of that.
1: Yes, it is. And, and listen, you know, it, it's been. It's been certainly peaks and valleys, you know. Has it hasn't all been roses, you know. <laughs> uh, I've, I've seen I've seen a lot in my forty six years in this industry, and, and you know a lot personally with me. Right. You, know, you, you know, you get knocked down, but you got to grab yourself by the by the boots and put yourself back up, you know, and and uh, keep going. Right. And I've certainly been, I've certainly been there, <laughs> uh, but you know, it it's just it's. You know, it's it's like anything else is what you make it, and and if you, you know, if you want to if you want to bear yourself and you want to, you know, grow and not only in work but in life, you, you know, you can't give up. And I think that's the way I was raised. Also, not only not only in business wise, but just my, you know, my family background and the way I was raised.
0: Right. Dave, some of our listeners, especially younger ones, may, you know, they may be listening to this interview and argue that your career path, the path that you, you've chosen, the path you've taken, no longer exists. How do you respond to that?
1: Well, I, I, I don't really believe that. You know, that's, that's, uh, I don't think that's true. I think that opportunity uh, is there. And uh, I think most corporations, uh, are willing to give you those opportunities if you're willing to apply yourself. Right. You, know, um, you know, we mentioned most young people. You know, what I see in today's world and, and, and what I do, you know, I deal with a lot of young people coming into the industry. You know, we have a lot of interns. And, and unfortunately, uh, their way of thinking is different from mine. You know, they all want a, this so-called five-year plan. Right. You, know, and you feel that you know, in five years they should be an executive with a, with a, you know, with a, with a corporation. And, uh, mostly, unfortunately, most of those guys, they never reached that goal within five years and they jumped to another company. Right. And then five years later, they jump again, you know, and I even gave them a little nickname, you know, I call them the the jumper generation, you know, because, you know, when you, when you look at their resumes and they are 15 years into working, you know, their tenure is five years, you know, and every five years they, they jump in again. And it certainly is, uh. Something that I'm not going to be encouraged to hire anybody. One when I see them jump every five years, right? And so uh, yeah, I, I would, I would, um, I would, I would advise them to uh, you know stay the course and yeah. try to stick with that corporation,
0: right? I, you know, I I was in a golf charity recently, and and I was paired up with an individual that's a CEO of a construction company here in Virginia. And I would say they're probably a mid-sized company. They're certainly not small, but they're a regional company. And the CEO shared with me, he said, look, the challenge he has today is that if he gets a really good employee and one, it's keeping them, but he also said that if they they perform well, he's in a position where he's going to have to really advance them sooner than he would like to. And he said that while he can provide training, he said he can't give them the experience and you know, one of the things that, you know, going back to that question about uh, someone starting out in the industry may say, hey, your path is no longer one that I can pursue. I would say in some cases, depending on where you are and what industry you're in, you might be, you might be in a position where you're, you're being asked to do more a lot sooner than you were when, Dave, you and I went through, simply because of the nature of the way things are today. There's a help wanted sign everywhere you look today.
1: Currently currently that that, that that statement is true and, and uh, you, you know and you know, due to many reasons in the world today you, you see those health warning signs out there. And I think that turn is gonna come sooner or later. Right. And these people that you know, advancing people way before they are ready to be advanced, yeah, it's a good thing to do, you know, it fills that gap but it's gonna turn around sooner or later and it's gonna be a bigger problem. And trying to fill that gap yeah. you know, with that inexperienced person in, in, that, in, that, uh, in that job and with that responsibility of that job, not knowing
0: that job. No doubt. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. And I think some of the, the people-related issues that we're dealing with now in terms of the training and the client engagements that we have, in many cases, it, it's just to the point you're making. People put in positions so quickly, and they're really not prepared for those roles, especially for the people side of their jobs. So Correct. definitely, definitely see that. Correct. So uh, next question I have is around your experience. You've been in industry about four decades, slightly more than four decades. What's the biggest change you've seen within your industry in that period of time?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I'm sure that you talk to other people in the industry, they would tell you that containerized cargo is, is one of the biggest things that we've seen. Uh, certainly in the, as you say, the last four decades, uh, you know, I kind of disagree with them on that. I think the biggest change and the biggest factor now playing into what we do as a stevedore company, which is our core business, I think is uh, free out cargo or a reduction of liner cargo. Okay. Um, I think that's what really has affected our industry. Uh, certainly, it, it, affects, uh, it affects the rates in our industry now for us to be competitive. And a lot of the free-out cargo, uh, without structure of with our company, we, we, we can't compete with, with other companies on the free-out cargo. So I think that's the biggest factor that I've seen over my career and, uh, not having those, those liner cargo deals for a, a lengthy time, you know, for two or three years in an agreement is that's gone. You know, you, you have no, uh, long-term agreements anymore, wow. you know, um, when I was in New Orleans when I was working in New Orleans we used to have a, a saying you know that when the ships hit the mouth of the river you know it was like let's make a deal yeah. as we as, as they was coming up the river you thought you had to work and and you know you're supposed to go to work tomorrow morning and somebody else and cut your rate so that's that's the free life you know that life of a uh, free out cargo right and, uh, you know it's a bidding war constantly and and I think that's the biggest thing that I've seen change
0: yeah and i I know when I was in manufacturing, I saw the same thing. you know the we we had reverse auction bidding. That's a very brutal way of getting uh, contracts in place uh, you you're basically bidding and you don't know what the lowest bid is, but you know if you're two, three, or four in that that pecking order. And you just keep dropping your price until you're one and then obviously it, it benefits the, the owner in that particular case, but uh, that the technology has certainly enabled that and it's made it it's made it challenging and it's far more the I guess I would say the, the profit margins are far lower in many cases than they've ever been.
1: Absolutely. I've I've seen us, you know, over the years, you know, lose a substantial amount of, of tonnage, you know, over over as little as, you know, three cents a ton, Wow, you know, and that's is, just is ludicrous, you know, but, uh, on the other side of that, the customer, you know, he, he's going to win. Right. He's, you know, he's in a, he's in a win-win situation, you know, and he, he'll say yeah for three cents.
0: Oh yeah. You know, well, it's high leverage. I mean, the, the internet and the, it has certainly leveled the playing field and the, the leverage that you can gain from, from a much wider, you know, access point to, to providers, I mean it's certainly uh, it's definitely leveled the playing field and made it far more competitive, no doubt
1: yes, and I, and I think that's what played into you know you know my company becoming as diversified as they are you know we had to build, we had to build a better box right you know, we, had, we had to find more opportunity out there than uh, than just you know counting on our core business so uh, yeah we, we do a lot of things uh, now. Certainly, a lot more than
0: in 1975 when I came <laughs> on board. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, change is inevitable. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be here. We got to take advantage of it and use it to our advantage. But uh, no doubt, it's going to happen. Uh, I got another question for you for listeners that may be um, joining us today. Those in labor dependent industries, whether it's maritime, construction, manufacturing. Those that are looking to create opportunities for themselves for promotion and advancement, we all know organizations in most cases are flatter today than they've been. What sort of advice can you give them for uh, for, for positioning themselves as best they can to get that promotion or advancement if that's something they want? Yeah,
1: well, I, you know, I, I spoke earlier, you know, about loyalty, you know, and, and loyalty certainly goes both ways. And, you know, over my career, I've, I've seen it. You know, I've seen it one-sided many times. And um, you know, if if an if, if an employee is committed to the company, and you know, he or she works every day and is very productive and, and produces positive work and has positive attitude, you know, day in and day out, you know, corporations certainly should recognize that. And uh, in, 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 in today's world, you know, if you find a skilled person, they're hard to retain. You know, right. if you, if you don't Meet them and, and and certainly recognize their loyalty. And uh, so, I would say, if you have someone that fits all those qualifications, you need to, you know, you need to do what you need to do to keep them employed at your at your company. Because if uh, you know, if you're not loyal to them, don't expect them to be loyal to you. You know, it can't it can't be one sided either way.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. So, you know, we're at this point of uh, a lot of graduations going on right now. Let's assume someone's coming into uh, maritime or coming into some sort of labor dependent type industry, Uh, you know, being at skilled trades. What advice would you give someone starting their journey today?
1: Well, I always like to use the military on those types of questions. Certainly, uh, you know, Joe, you you don't enter the military as a general. You have to earn your stripes, you know. To go up, to go up that rank and file, and um, you know, my advice to them would be, you know, if you want to climb that ladder, you know, you come in, you keep your eyes and your ears open, and you learn and you listen to the people that have been there, you know, done and done that. I think if you do that and you put the time and effort in, and be patient, and, and ride the wave to the beach, <laughs> I think. You I think you will have really good success.
0: I think that's great advice, and and I I'm I'm as I guess as excited about the future of the trades and in the skilled trades as I've ever been, at least in in the recent uh, past, because I think there's all there's a renewal there, and I think it's uh, it's a and it's an important renewal, and I think you've certainly uh, given some great advice for those that may be coming in. Well, I hope I was helpful. Yeah. Well, Dave, thank you. And, and as usual, it's a pleasure speaking with you. Yours is a story of success, and we really want to share that. I think it's important for others in the industry to know that, that this is a great opportunity to make a living. It's a great opportunity to you know create this uh, opportunity for promotion and advancement for those that really want to pursue that. So, again, thank you so much for sharing your story.
1: Thank you, Joe. Thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity.
0: Absolutely. All right, for those listening, I hope you found this discussion of value and benefit. If so, please help us spread the word. Share the podcast with others that you know of that may have interest as well. In addition, we welcome any feedback you may have and would encourage you to review and rate us wherever you access your podcast. The SOS podcast series is brought to you by AEU Lead, a consultancy dedicated to the needs of frontline managers. For additional information or to follow us on social media, please use the links in the show notes provided. That's it for now. Stay safe and thanks for listening.